In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for the grace that you give to us. We thank you for the ways which you continue to show us your great mercy and to give us the, the gift of that mercy as we come to you to admit our sins. We pray that you would help us to, to know more deeply today the reality of our sin and what it is that you are calling us to take up as regards the, the practice of trying to root it out that your glory, your grace, your fruitfulness, and your virtues might continue to increase exponentially within us for your glory and for the good of others. We entrust uh, ourselves, and we entrust this time to Our Lady's care as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for, for your patience while I was uh, ministering in the confessional. So I think it's given everybody time to look over the sheet, so I guess the, the talk might be a little quicker now uh, since you got some of the input already. But uh, indeed, there is there's certainly much to be said about this the reality of, of root sin, this talk specifically of understanding your frequent faults. And so one is, is simply to, to begin by acknowledging the fact that there are different terms that are sometimes used. Uh, so I'm using the, root, the term root sin. Uh, another one that is commonly used is predominant fault. Uh, so you'll hear that one as well. Uh, sometimes you'll be, it'll be referred to as dominant defect. Uh, and so all three of those are talking about the same reality. Uh, so if we kind of use it interchangeably, um, such as it is. And so to begin, simply with the question of what is the root sin, right? Uh, and so it's why are we here if it's, if it's an important piece for us to understand? What is it, first and foremost? And so um, root sin is uh, the main sin uh, that shoots up all the other sins, uh, so a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, we had our, our parish work day, uh, and we you know cut down some of the some of the crepe myrtles on the on the side of the church there. And if you go out there and look now, there's all these little shoots shooting up all around it, right? Because the the main the main one's been the, the main trunk's been cut off, but it's shooting up all these little ones all around it, right? They're just kind of like flowering almost uh, around the trunk itself. This this you know kind of new life coming to coming to bear, and it's because we haven't gotten the <laughs> we haven't gotten the roots dug out yet. Right? So whenever we whenever we get the roots pulled up, then that stops happening. And this is the reality: is is in the spiritual life, there is typically a, a, a particular sin, uh, a root sin, the one that that has uh, it's almost a, a sort of taproot that's holding the rest of the thing in place. And so it's that, uh, that even if, we, even if we're trying to, to go through the spiritual life and we cut down the tree, it's still going to keep shooting up other little sprouts all around it uh, unless we get at the root of things. And so it's for us to, to be able, this is part of the, part of the remedy, um, is being able to, to see what all the other little shoots that are coming up, so to speak, are. And so uh, the root sin is, is typically understood to be one of three things. 
Uh, and so it's either pride, vanity, or sensuality, or comfort. Uh, so it's one of those three, uh, which uh, again correspond with the three temptations of Adam and Eve in the garden, the three temptations of our blessed Lord, the remedies of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, right? So the, each of those, those three, that triplet that continues to come up over and over and over again from literally the first chapters of Genesis until the end of the Gospels and then, you know, for each of us in our individual soul, it's the, it's the, the reality of the triple concupiscence, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. So it's these three, essentially, that are kind of coming back into play. And so uh, it's one of those, uh, and, and indeed, all of us have little shoots in our souls, so to speak, of each of the three. It's not as if, you know, one person has, you only have one, uh, but you have nothing of, of the other two within you whatsoever. That would be fantastic. That's not reality. It's also not reality that you are just a unique human being and you have three taproots holding you in place so that you think all three of these apply to you all the time. That's also not the case. We can sometimes feel like that. We can sometimes, you know, think that that's the case. But it's, it's really the fact that, that most often there is a single one that is most dominant and that holds the most influence in our spiritual life. And so that would be our root sin in particular. So why is it important to know what the root sin is, to know what our personal root sin is, uh, is the next question. Because, you know, okay, well, it's, if, it's the, you know, if it's the thing that holds everything else in place, I think it's self-evident that if you want sin not to be in your life, we need to attack the roots and stop just cutting off the stuff that grows up at the surface. Right, so we need to get to the root of the problem. We need to, to figure out what's below the surface and to be able to pull that out so it'll stop shooting up all the little extra, the new growth, so to speak, of sins. So one point is um, kind of the via negativa. If we do not respond to our root sin, we will end up playing spiritual whack-a-mole forever. It's where you're perpetually coming up and you go, oh, there's another one. You know, oh, there's another one. Right? We spend the, the, the whole of our life kind of just, just going after one, after the other, after the other, and never actually get to the, to the, to the real root of things. In doing this, if, if, uh, if you have any experience in this sort of spiritual whack-a-mole game or spiritually just pulling up weeds uh, but not always getting the roots of the things, it can very, very easily lead us to uh, discouragement, it can lead us to despair, that the sin will never get out of our life. It will lead us to abandoning the spiritual life, perhaps, because if we keep working and the weeds just keep coming back, we figure sometimes, what's the point? And we either give up the spiritual life entirely, or we just say, well, you know, the sin is just always going to be part of things, so we don't even work at it. So we either become okay with the sin being part of the story, or we just pull ourselves out of the story entirely. Um, and so each of those, those are, are the, the real temptations that we can experience whenever the, the same things come up over and over and over again, and we don't seem to, to, to know how to make progress on it. And lastly, it is for us um, to be able to acknowledge another simple fact, that even if we don't know what our root sin is, the devil does. And he's yanking on that right now, right? He's, 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 he's pouring himself 
into the place where he knows that you have the root of things, and he's doing everything he can to fertilize it so that it grows more and more and more. And if we're not aware of it, he'll keep attacking, and we won't understand why or what to do. And so, again, it's, it's important for us and very, very helpful for us in the spiritual life to be able to know what our root sin is and then to do something about it, uh, lest we, in, in, in some manner, uh, g- give in to discouragement, despair, uh, allowing sin to remain, or simply abandoning spiritual life and the faith entirely. So, continuing on a bit. So a little bit about the root sins themselves. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 27, says this about the human person. The desire for God is written in the human heart, because man is created by God and for God, and God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. So this is uh, essentially the, you know, kind of the, the thought of St. Augustine. As St. Augustine in his, in his confessions wrote, you know, um, you have made us, O Lord, you've made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in thee. Right? And so it's the, it's the fact that the human heart, if it is not filled with God, it will seek to fill ourselves with something. And so we were made for God. We're made for, for this infinite being. And if we do not have the infinite one, we tend to start just throwing stuff in the hole of finite things and hope that it, hope that it works. And sometimes it'll work for a little while, you know, but then eventually stuff settles and then there's a hole again. Right? And so it's to ensure that, that, that we acknowledge this reality, that there's an infinite desire within us a desire for for something that is divine, truly. But sometimes we settle for earthly pleasures, earthly things, earthly people. And this is the temptation, and this is especially where the root sins come into play. Root sins are often the things, uh, they're often the way by which we try to find fulfillment, or peace, or joy, or meaning in life, or any of the other number of things that that we can use as descriptors to say that the hole inside us is filled up. So the the root sin really is is the place wherein we're trying to find security. We're trying to, 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 to find wholeness. But the problem is, if we do it with things or people, it will never work. And so we need to first acknowledge this fact and then to work to fill ourselves with the Lord or allow ourselves to be filled by him because we can't force him in necessarily. But it's for us to acknowledge these things, to acknowledge these facts, um, and, to, and to seek to, to see the ways in which we have, have tried or perhaps are currently trying to fill ourselves, to find security, find fulfillment, find meaning, find peace, find joy, and find whatever in something other than God himself. And so again, typically there are the the three main ways by which this happens, and each of those have a variety of manifestations uh, under it, which we'll go into uh, in a bit more detail shortly. And so again, the root sins of pride, of vanity, and sensuality. Pride is finding fulfillment or seeking to find peace, joy, meaning, etc. in oneself. 
so it's looking to one's uh, looking to one's own excellence as the source of, of comfort. It's a disordered attachment, really, to our excellence. It is looking forward uh, or looking for meaning in one's own achievements, one's conquests, one's attributes, right? And so these are uh, these are things that are present on the top of the sheet that says identifying root sin. It's got those little those little attributes of each of them there at the top. And so. Uh, the root sin of pride will manifest in a whole variety of ways, which we'll see shortly. But each of them ultimately are kind of looking to, to have security in myself and what I can do and what I can, and what I can accomplish, these kinds of things. And so this one is finding security in self. Vanity is similar to it, though. Vanity is finding security, meaning, peace, joy, etc., in others. So it's looking to others. So it's a disordered attachment to the approval of others, which will often mean seeking approval, being liked, being, you know, being, you know, having positive things said about us by others, these kinds of things, being appreciated whenever we do stuff. And so in this manner, vanity uh, really is, is not worried, not so much worried about ourselves. although that will be part of the thing, right? We'll look to some of these. There will be a, a sense of pride, but we're predominantly looking for the response of others towards us. Uh, so it sometimes may veil itself as pride. We, you know, we're kind of thinking a lot of ourselves, but really we're just trying to find, we're thinking a lot of ourselves because we're hoping that others will think the same thing about us, right? We want them to think um, the, what, what we think about ourselves, what we see in ourselves perhaps. And so this is the reality of, of vanity, is it's uh, trying to find that meaning or fulfillment in others. And the third one is that of sensuality which is a disordered attachment to comfort or ease or pleasure. And so this one seeks, uh, seeks its fulfillment, uh, not in, in individuals necessarily, not in self or others, but rather in the pleasures of life and the comforts and ease, basically in, in, in living my best life and avoiding discomfort wherever possible. So it seems our entire world has this root sin uh, in things, right? Because everything is about ease so much these days. So that certainly kind of helps thing, move things along in that regard. But sensuality really is, um, is often about, uh, about pleasures. Uh, and so that pleasure can, can come in a variety of ways. It can come in the, the, the food that we eat, the drink that we partake of. It can, it can you know, be in the, you know, the, the way in which we live our life, our work schedule, our home life, you know, the things, the entertainment that we watch, as well as a whole list of things that are uh, uh, not morally neutral, but certainly are morally detrimental, morally offensive to the Lord, uh, can fill our souls up with these things as well, seeking some kind of pleasure, uh, either licit or illicit. And so uh, these, these are the three things, uh, the three roots that are options for us to discern, which in some sense makes it a bit easier. If there were 20 different root sins, you'd go, oh, that's a lot of options and a whole lot of discernment. But, but the fact that there are only three usually kind of helps us to be rather clear about things, to be able to look and to, to discern whether it is pride, whether it is vanity, whether it is sensuality, whether we place our security in ourself and others or in pleasures or comforts of this world. So that's uh, kind of our starting point, right? And so continuing, we'll look at what do we do with this, right? So we have a little bit of information here. We know that the root sins, uh, they exist and they are important things for us. But how do I actually figure out what mine is 
And then what do I do about it concretely? Which is the main point of what we're doing here. Because if I just tell you all that you have a root sin and it's really bad if you don't address it, and then said the glory be and walked off to the sacristy, you'd probably all come back to the sacristy and go, um, you got some more pieces to add, right? So this is the, this is the whole point of this, is, is to be able to see what, how, do we, how do we discern it, uh, and then what do we do about it concretely? And so uh, that's uh, the next portion, and this is the, the majority of the two, the two sheets that, uh, that you have there in your hands. So we'll start with identifying the root sin. First and foremost, pray, right? So the Lord tells us, ask, seek, knock. So first and foremost, before you put your trust in your own powers of discernment, just ask Jesus. It's a pretty simple and straightforward thing. It doesn't have to be a a, a large, profound thing. It can be just simply asking the Lord, Lord, I want to know my roots and help me, help me to see it. Help me not to be blind to it. Help me not to be, you know, kind of uh, swayed by the, the enemy who may be trying to, to hide the root sin from me and to, to show me perhaps it's something else, lest I, I dig in the wrong direction. And so first and, foremost, for, first and foremost, to ask the good Lord to help us to see and to understand our root sin. Next question is then to see what are some questions. And again, most of these, uh, this is a, kind of on the back portion of the, of the sheet there, uh, combating root sin. So we've got a, a nice little list. Uh, so indeed, you could probably just take this and if you're short on time, feel free to, <laughs> feel free to go because it's, it's mostly there, kind of adding some more details to it, more reflections in, in, in this sense. But um, it is for us then to, so after we ask our blessed Lord, then we start stirring the pot to see what kind of what shows up, right? You know, kind of mixing things up to see what is it that's actually present uh, in me and what is it that, that helps me to see and understand more, more clearly the reality of my root sin. So first, uh, the question, where do my thoughts naturally tend? So every one of us has distractions in prayer. I'm going to go ahead and state that as a fact of humanity. Uh, and if you don't have distractions in prayer, please come tell me what you're doing because I need your, I need your wisdom, right? All of us have distractions in prayer. All of us have moments where, you know, we're, we're praying the rosary, we're trying to reflect deeply upon some mystery of our, our Lord's life. And next thing you know, we're thinking about clouds, or we're thinking about the dishes that are a home in the sink, or we're thinking about the, the thing we need to do, the, the whatever, we've got the, this, that, or the other thing, and, and our mind just kind of wanders off in 10,000 directions. It's a normal experience. But specifically with regards to root sin, it's helpful to say, where does it go? <laughs> You know, if it's, if it's just the, if it's just, you know, I need to, to make sure I get the, the groceries on the way home, fine and good. But it's to, to think that whenever our mind starts to wander in some place, whenever we are naturally inclined uh, towards certain patterns of thought, certain thoughts of, of, you know, specifically as we kind of, you know, as we may have some fantasy in our mind, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with uh, the Christmas story with little Ralphie who just wanted his Red Rider BB gun, 
and the, the scene where he's, he hands in his paper uh, to his teacher, and then he has like a little vision, and he's, you know, and it's that he's handing it in, and, and she's like, you know, he gets A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus, and all the kids pick him up and carry him around the room, and it's just a parade of how amazing Ralphie is, all while he's standing there handing his paper to the teacher, right? So this, these are moments where we can think about when those kind of fantasy thoughts come to our mind, what are they focusing on? Is it everyone looking at us? Is it us trumpeting our own, our own you know, victories, um, nature in something? Is it pleasures of, of some sort? Uh, and so those moments where our mind kind of starts to daydream in whatever way, it could be helpful for us to think, what's the content? Because very often that's, that's what we're trying to fill the hole with. That's the stuff that we, that we think is satisfying in the end. So first, where do my thoughts naturally tend? The second thing, what makes me happy or sad? So this one is, uh, is well, I have a second one in there. Uh, but what makes me happy or sad is really kind of what exerts influence on me. If there are, if there are particular things that, that I find, and again, these would be particularly kind of stronger emotions. If something utterly ruins our day, that's important to realize and to know about and to, and to ask the question, why does it have that effect on me? Why is my response to that so strong? What was I looking for that was not satisfied in this? And this, again, may be a helpful piece in helping us to, to understand uh, what our root sin is in this discernment process. Another one is what motivates my actions. And this one is particularly important because very often uh, we need to kind of put on our, our spiritual toddler uh, mindset and very often simply ask the question, why? Kids are great at this. You know, why? And you give them an answer. Why? And you give them a deeper answer. Why? And they, keep, they just keep going layer after layer after layer until at some point you, you either arrive at the base level of what they need to know or it's just because, right? One or the other, right? Either way. And so it's for us, especially in the spiritual life, to continue to ask the question, why, of ourselves and particularly of our motives. What's my motivation here? What am I trying to get out of this? What am I really looking for? Am I looking for this? No, it's kind of, it's kind of a deeper thing. Is, it, is this it? No, it's really about such and such, right? And so we can ask ourselves why and continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper uh, as regards our own uh, our own self-understanding of our motives in these things, because very often it will arrive at a single point of it's about pride, it's about vanity, or it's about my comfort. Right? So very often we will arrive at one of those three uh, on the base level of things whenever we finally get past all the other why, why answers that we ourselves might have provided. Another question is, which of my sins are the most serious, most numerous, or most frequent? This one's kind of a much more practical space. And so if we were to to sit down and to reflect upon these things, uh, it is to acknowledge that that our root sin, it's the one that grows the most. It's the one that grows the biggest trunk. It's the one that that has the most, uh, kind of the most fruit um, you know, on it and these kinds of things, this, this spiritual imagery, it certainly is, is part of the, the life of the church. And so uh, it's to see really kind of what's the place in my life with regards to these three that, 
is the most serious, either because of, you know, because we know that, that you know, I have, I have venial sins and these things or imperfections here and there, but I've got multiple grave sins that pop up in this category. That's a good indicator, right? Or if we look at it and we go, how numerous? So, okay, well, I struggle with this, you know, once a week or I struggle with this once a month or this is kind of a little problem here or there, but this is a daily occurrence. That's helpful to know, right? And so, as well as to look and to see uh, how many of the sins. So if we look at vanity and we kind of go, yeah, yeah, I see a few of these things. I mean, you know, I look at sensuality, see, if, yeah, there's a few of those things. If we look at pride and go, oh, this entire list has my name on it. These are important things, right? And so to be able to look at these different aspects of, of how serious, how numerous, and how frequent our sins are, is uh, they are good questions to help us in this discernment of understanding uh, the reality of our root sin. And lastly, uh, or fifth on on the list here, uh, is another one. uh, What has the Holy Spirit called me to give up in the past? Because just as the devil knows the root sin and he's working to to encourage it and fertilize it and let it grow and grow grow stronger and deeper roots, the Holy Spirit, the the good Lord and the angels and saints, they know it too. And they're trying to get us to do something about it, whether we know it or not. They are working on us. And so there may be times in our life where we, feel, we really, really feel like the Lord is calling us to give up something. Very often it happens during Lent because we're naturally inclined by communal peer pressure uh, to give up something for Lent. And so we start to think about what am I going to give up for Lent? And we, you know, usually, hopefully we pray about it and, you know, and, and finally the Lord's leading us, you know, the Lord wants me to give up this, that, or the other thing. And so sometimes it's helpful to, to look at the ways in which God has inclined our heart to give up something, because sometimes that's the way the Holy Spirit is trying to, to get at the root of things in a kind of circuitous route, without, if we're not going to actually address it directly, He's still working to try to get at the thing and to, and to help us to understand and to get some of that out of our life. And so what is the Holy Spirit perhaps uh, called us to give up in the past that we have rather clung to uh, or have been able to give up to some degree, either in a short term or long term, and to help us to understand uh, that as well. I included uh, another one on your, on your list um, for the combating, combating your roots and uh, skipped over it in my, in my own notes for some reason. But it's really, um, it's the question, the number two there, what keeps me from living my faith better? What keeps me from living my faith better? You know, and so sometimes we'll have occasions where, where we struggle to live our faith. You know, the, the alarm goes off and, you know, we'd like to, to stay in bed a few more minutes uh, rather than to, to be able to get up immediately and start our morning prayers, right? So what is it that, you know, what is it that there? Well, it seems that in that case, comfort has pushed God to the side. Well, root sin of sensuality, and so if, if, you know, if we're out in the public realm and, and we normally make the sign of the cross at meals uh, you know, for ourselves, if we're, if we're alone or we're at home, but we're out in the public forum and we're, we're the group of people that we don't really know so well and they don't know us, there's a temptation sometimes just simply to kind of quietly pray, but, but not make the sign of the cross and be one of those visible glaring things of like, oh, Catholic, right? You know, and so we're, and if, we, if we allow our faith to be kind of set aside, because we're worried about what others will think about us, right? Vanity. And so, 
as well, like these various ways in which, uh, in which you know, the, the willingness uh, to do something can be set aside whenever we're concerned about comforts or vanity or pride, as the case may be. And so what are the ways which our faith is sometimes nudged to the side, where we've made a commitment to prayer, that we don't do something we normally would do, we don't do in a particular circumstance, and to ask the questions, why? Why is that? Uh, and then again, like the why, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging, and eventually we'll wind up at pride, vanity, or sensuality. So those are some of the questions for us in our own, kind of our own examination of conscience, to, to think about these things. And as you go through that, you might be very, very clear already, uh, without having to do much of anything else uh, as far as discernment on that, just asking those questions very often, and, and if we are honest with ourselves, will lead us to the place where we go, you know what, seems pretty clear that, you know, this is my root sin, and to be able to, to respond in kind. So those are, the, those are the questions that we have. So continuing on, uh, it is uh, at this point, really, um, it could be helpful as well, uh, if, if not also already in there, uh, to do just a good examination of conscience and review uh, common characteristics uh, to compare, right? And so we'll get into that uh, here in a second. But uh, again, I, th- I think probably the, the thing that, that often troubles people about the confessional is that we go and, and, as I've said before, I feel like I should just make a laminated copy of my, of my confession uh, because it seems that I just do the same things over and over and over again. And it's a common Catholic experience. It's a frustrating experience if we don't understand why that's the case. So part of it, again, is because well, there's one root that's holding everything in place, so it's natural that the, the stuff's going to be happening around this one particular thing. And so it's to, to acknowledge these things, and sometimes it's simply to do an examination of conscience and to be able to do it, uh, you know, kind of in two senses. What's the, what's the thing that, that presently uh, that gives me trouble? Uh, what, are the, what are the sins that regularly come up, which means, you know, anticip- expects at least that we're doing a good thorough examination of conscience. So that's why I love the little, the little purple booklets that make everybody think that they're the worst human in the world. That's not a bad thing, y'all, because uh, it, it strikes at pride at that point, right? And so uh, it's for us to be able to, to acknowledge our sins, to know sins, to acknowledge them, uh, and to be able to, to see how do they show up in our life. And so this could be something helpful if we're looking at it presently, but also if we're looking at it kind of in the long story of our life, because it's not as if our root sin just kind of shows up uh, here and there. It's always there. Uh, it, may, it may be kind of more evident at certain times in our life, and hopefully that's the case, that it's evident earlier in our life and we're doing something about it so that uh, the root's coming up and it's not as uh, not bearing so much fruit. Uh, it's not so many shoots coming out, out of the ground uh, as we go through life. That's the ideal, and we're fighting it. Uh, but it is for us to, to be able to, to kind of examine our life uh, with a good examination of conscience and to be able to see where do the, where do the sins typically gather. All right? And so there's usually kind of a pattern. Uh, if one goes to the gun range, you want to have a good, a good tight pattern. Uh, it means you're consistent. You don't necessarily want to have a tight pattern in sin, but 
it's the reality of it. You know, whether we try or not, usually it's going to be kind of centered around a particular place. You'll get a stray here and there and the other two, but it'll be kind of narrowed in a particular spot um, where the, the majority of these things are present. So from there, one kind of starts to actually settle on a root sin, to be able to settle on a particular thing. And so this can be, uh, if, you're, if you're still struggling, if you're going, if you're going through all of these and, and you're struggling to answer the questions why, or struggling to get at the root of things and, and really make sense of it, struggling to, to come with, with concrete examples, uh, I would encourage you to do two things at that point. Either, uh, well, I guess three things. Uh, either first, uh, to be able to go to, uh, to someone who also knows about root sins and knows about some of the, the indicators and this kind of thing, that may be your spouse, it may be a close friend, it may be your pastor, it may be someone, you know, some other spiritual guide, and ask them. Because sometimes, you know, sin blinds us uh, to ourselves very often. Uh, and so sometimes we may not see something, but it is glaringly obvious to everyone else around us. And so sometimes it's helpful just to go, hey, what do you think my root sin is? And they will go, oh, without a doubt, it is. And you're like, and then it hurts a little bit for a second, right? Because you're like, it's that obvious? Oh, geez, right? But then you kind of get over it and you're like, well, <laughs> we have input now. We have some, we have some options uh, that we can, we can lean in towards, right? And so uh, this is, this is a, a good option uh, is to be able to go to somebody who also knows about these things and simply ask, ask for their input. Another thing is to be able to go through uh, this, handy little, this handy little chart uh, of characteristics of the sins of each of, the, each of the root sins. And to be able to go through there, and you can, you can take a little highlighter if you're a, little, a little pencil or pen or check mark or whatever you want, and just go through each of, the, each of the list of characteristics of pride and to check off, check off what happens, right? Check off what's, what's a reality of, of a, a sin that you, that you wrestle with in some way. And this isn't, this isn't the, you know, a, a, an absolute, you know, surefire way, but it might be that you, that you come with color-coded pens, uh, or you do pen, you know, pen and pencil. Pencil for the things that are kind of, you know, here and there, and pen for the stuff that is all the time a wrestling match, right? And just kind of go through the list and go, oh, thinking too highly of myself. Eh, yeah, yeah, I do that pretty, pretty frequently. Annoyance with those who contradict me, definitely. All right. Anger if I don't get my way, yeah, usually. You know, kind of, and you're going to go through the list and, and check off, here's the stuff that bothers me. Right? Here, here's the stuff that, that I have to bring the confessional with some regularity. And then do that for each of the three uh, sets of the characteristics. And then at the end, just kind of go through and and see which one has more highlighted, <laughs> which one has more check marks, which one is the, is the one where, where the, 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 the pen was used most frequently, right? And to be able to, to consider that. And so, uh, again, you've got to consider the, the, the severity of sin, uh, the, how numerous the sins are, how many different variations or manifestations there are, as well as the frequency of it. Uh, but uh, this can be a helpful way just to kind of go through the list and check them off and on a basic level say, you know, I've got eight checks in this box and, and three in the other two. It's a good indicator, right? So, so uh, that's, uh, those are ways that we can help identify the root sin that is at work within us and producing uh, the fruits of sin in our life. And 
And if at the end of all of this, if after consulting others, if after going through the checklist, if after doing examination of conscience and asking the whys and all of this stuff, if you still don't really have a, a, a lot of clarity on it, pick pride. Because pride has the fruit of spiritual blindness. And if we're not able to see the state of our soul in the least little bit or make sense of the motives that we have or the questions or are really to be able to discern uh, the, the state of our soul, it means we've got spiritual blindness. So if you can't figure it out whatsoever, start with pride and then work from there, right? So those are our, uh, those are our rules uh, for us and starting the discernment piece. So then, once we, start to look at, uh, once we start to look at the reality of, okay, I've narrowed it down. This is my particular, this is my root sin. This is what I've, you know, it, it seems pretty obvious to me. I've talked with others. I've discerned. I've asked the questions, done the checklist. Whatever it is, whatever method or means that you've arrived at to be able to determine this is my root sin, it is then that we start to begin to do something about it. And this is the combating part of the root sin. And so it is first to identify the most important manifestations of the root sin uh, in your own life. So what are, what are the ways? So, so this is like, okay, this, we're narrowing down. I'm not worried about the other two at this point. We're just looking at my particular root sin and its various manifestations. So the root sin, how does it show up? It's really the question. How does it show up? And so, uh, again, this is where the, the, list of, the list of common characteristics may be helpful as a starting point. It can be a good thing to, to, to go and um, perhaps, uh, perhaps look in, in some of the examination and conscience booklets and see if, if the root sin is, is pride or the root sin is vanity or the root sin is sensuality. Very often there will be, uh, be a particular examine that you can find that will help kind of elucidate some of the particular manifestations of that vice. And so we can, we can kind of narrow in and see, uh, do a good, more thorough examination of that. Uh, again, sometimes it may not be as much work as we're saying right now. Sometimes it is very, very obvious for us. If we know ourselves a little bit and if others know us a little bit, usually we can come up with a dozen things pretty much uh, without, without too much labor. And so, uh, again, this, this doesn't have to be super, super intensive, just saying if you're struggling to make sense of it, there are, there are other resources that you can find. But it's to be able to identify the most serious manifestations. And so <clears throat> here, uh, I would say, you know, to kind of to put, the, to put the manifestations in a little list for yourself. Again, it can, it can kind of come out looking like, these bullet points of, you know, I typically have, it, you know, my pride manifest and, and, you know, being impatient with others and manifest at, at being angry with, you know, with, the, you know, this situation or, or, or thinking of myself or making judgments about others, or da, 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 right? And so, you know, here are the ways that I see it most regularly and the ones that are most obvious to typically are the ones that we need to work on first and foremost, right? So, so take, the, take the bigger ones off the bat. So it's to start there to identify the most serious manifestations. Then we identify virtues, practices, and habits that help us to respond to those particular manifestations. So we'll kind of hop forward a little bit. On the, 
on the side of, of combating root sin, it has down there at the bottom three examples of a, of a rule of life for pride. Right? And so uh, I guess we'll kind of dive into the root and into the rule of life. So establishing a rule of life, and we'll kind of go back around uh, to number six and seven as regards these things. So establish a rule of life, which means uh, first choose concrete means that are clearly understood and easily identified. Uh, so, uh, so choosing, uh, choosing a rule of life uh, essentially means that we can avoid indecision, we avoid wasting time, and it really combats inconstancy. Uh, so, you know, it was, a, it was a common practice of mine when I was in the seminary that when I would go for my holy hour, I would bring my rosary, my Bible, my breviary, spiritual reading, theological reading, and my journal, and I would sit down, put it all in the pew next to me, and go, Jesus, what are we talking about today? And I'd spend the first five or ten minutes trying to figure out what I was supposed to do that, that holy hour. It was good that I was doing it, at least, but it would have been much more fruitful if there was a pattern to it, and I didn't have to spend a chunk of time trying to figure out what am I doing here first and foremost, but rather to have some consistency in the thing and to say, okay, Jesus, here we are. This is what we're starting with. Here's how we're going next. Here's how we're going there, right? And so to be able to have a regular and much more fruitful experience of a time of prayer. And so uh, being able to, to choose concrete means to be clear about the things that we're doing uh, to be able to, to make the actions that we're doing easy yes, easy no things, uh, so no gray area at all if possible. Choose things that are reasonable for one's state in life and flexible yet firm. And so these are the, the, the ways, the resolutions that we'll be making. So these are concrete things that we'll be able to measure, be able to, to quantify, and to be able to clearly understand what it is that we're doing. Uh, it indicates making sure that, that prayer and the sacraments have a central place. So in all of our resolutions that we're making, there should be, and one of the resolutions should be, some aspect of prayer, some aspect of sanctification, some aspect of life in the sacraments, right? And so, and then lastly, considering the scripture verse, a saint and encouraging, quote, arrow prayer, or other aspect of the life of Christ or Our Lady to imitate in making that a point. So that's kind of what the, the rule of life uh, kind of gives us. Uh, the rule of life really is just an attempt uh, to be able to have a systematic approach to getting at the root of things. And so, uh, again, kind of doubling back here, if we want to look at the example for the rule of life, uh, I put one for, for each of the three and kind of making up, uh, making up some points here of manifestations and resolutions. And so... If one has identified that pride is uh, the root sin and kind of does an examination of conscience, uh, again, with the, with the, with the manifestations, uh, they will likely be largish in number. Uh, but you can't hit all of them, right? You, you only got two hands to whack moles with, right? And so we only got, uh, only got so many ways we can and put our intention and our effort. And so it's for us first uh, to be able to identify, so after we've made a list of, of the manifestations of here's how this, this, uh, you know, this pride manifests in my life, it's then to be able to go back and, and look at what are the ones that are the most serious, what are the ones that are the most frequent uh, in these regards. Right? And so those are the two, the two pieces that we're really looking at. What are the most serious? Uh, what are the most frequent? And so it would be for us to be mindful of that. So let's consider perhaps, you know, someone has done this examination, has done all of this, made their list, and decided 
there are really three things that get my goat continuously. First is road rage, common one in Baton Rouge, huh? with, uh, with the blessed traffic and, and all the, the construction here and there. And so as a primary manifestation is, is you know, for, with pride is road rage, um, showing irritation with interruptions, uh, with, at interruptions in my work, whether it's homework, whether it's work work, whatever, whenever I'm doing something, when I'm doing my will, when I'm doing my way and someone interrupts me, I get rather irritated. And usually I don't have to say a thing, right? They just see it on my face, right? So it's kind of a, a, a thing that we can do, right? And then lastly, Perhaps the, the, the third thing that is most common uh, for this particular individual may be a slowness in apologizing to my spouse, right? So just kind of wanting to stew on it for a little while, wanting to, to kind of, you know, be in one's head and, and, uh, and to be slow uh, to go humble oneself and admitting one's fault. So these might be three things that an individual uh, acknowledges and sees as their primary manifestations, the ones that are, are the most grievous, uh, the ones that are the most frequent or most intense. And so you say, okay, well, those are the three that I'm going to work on. Because if that's the big three, we need to do something about it. Then you go and you look at, uh, at virtues that you can foster. Uh, so on the, on the sheets, uh, on the, the side with the characteristics of the root sin, uh, also included with each of those uh, a list of half a dozen to a dozen individual virtues that may be fruitful in kind of in rooting out some of those uh, some of those sinful tendencies. And so then it is for us to be able to go through after we understand the primary uh, manifestations that we want to get rid of that we want to fight against. It's at that point that we say, okay, well, these are the virtues that I need. These are the virtues that will help me to do this, right? I'm going to work on patience, on charity, and docility, right? So those are the three, being patient with others, being charitable whenever interruptions happen to me, and being docile, and whenever the Holy Spirit says, you need to go apologize, go apologize, rather than to, to drag one's feet. So perhaps these are the three virtues that one may take up. And so uh, it could be a good thing that you might, you might find a prayer for patience. Uh, I would caution you on praying a prayer for patience directly because usually the Lord gives us opportunities for patience. I'm bad at that one, um, right? And so you know, usually you've got to make sure you, uh, you pray pretty clearly what you're looking for from the Lord because he might just answer your prayers in very obvious ways that you don't like. So patience, charity, docility. So these are ways that we might, we might find a prayer that's, that encourages us uh, to, to ask for that. Or it might just be simply when we go to Mass or each day whenever we pray, just ask the Lord, Lord, please increase within me the virtues of patience, charity, and docility. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be rather simple or straightforward. But just for us to, to indicate and to have before our mind the charity, or, or the virtues rather, that we would like to, uh, to intentionally work on. And then from there, to make concrete resolutions, because if there are primary manifestations, you want to do something to be able to, con, you know, to, to contradict, so bring a virtue in to, to fight against the vice that's present there. Uh, so that's how we, this is how we concretely seek to root out these things. And so if one has uh, a primary manifestation of road rage, it may be an opportunity that individuals say, you know, I'm going to resolve that I'm going to pray a Hail Mary for the people that upset me on the road. 
So every time somebody cuts me off, every time somebody's tailgating me, every time somebody does this side or the other thing, I'm just going to ask the Blessed Mother to watch over them, to protect them, just pray a Hail Mary for them. Just that quick. You might find you're doing a whole rosary while you're guarding in the car, but that's all part of it, right? So it's just to be able to pray. I'm going to pray. So every one of these things, I'm going to do this particular thing that will encourage me uh, and, and, and ask God's blessings uh, for that individual as well. So it's a, a changing of one's own heart as well as the other. And so to, for those times where, where I'm interrupted in my work and I want to be irritated with the person, I will make a resolution that I will make eye contact with them, greet them uh, whenever they interrupt me. So rather than just kind of keeping my eyes on the computer screen and acknowledging their presence only by going, uh-huh, what do you want, right? Then I can instead turn to look at them and go, hey, it's good to see you. What's going on, right? What, you know, how can I help you, right? And so to, to intentionally foster uh, a charitable response rather than uh, one that, that is either cold or passive-aggressive or whatever the case may be. And then from there... It is, you know, one may have a primary manifestation of being slow to apologize uh, to my spouse for my temper. Uh, and then that one may be, uh, well, as soon as uh, admitting my wrong, as soon as I realize it. So as soon as I realize I've done something wrong, go apologize. Go make reparation. Go, go do whatever it is that require, that's required for reconciliation. Right? And so these are, the, these are the things. Because these are all, again, the the concrete ways that we can look and see is progress being made. Because this is is why rule of life is helpful, is it's it's a systematic way that we're trying to to work at rooting out this particular vice with its more severe manifestations first and then kind of going down the line from there. And sometimes it's hard for us to discern that if we don't have uh, the right kind of quantifying elements so whenever, uh, whenever one says, uh, uh, again, kind of a general encouragement for spiritual life, if one says, you know, I'm going to pray more, excellent, great resolution, what does that look like? How much do you pray now? What does more look like? Well, I'm going to pray an extra decade of the rosary in the mornings. Good. That's clear. I'm going to pray the, you know, I'm going to stop and do the Angelus at the morning, noon, and night. Good. That's clear. I'm going to pray a meditation prayer. I'm going to do spiritual reading in the evening. Good. That's, that's clear, right? To just say, I'm going to pray more. Did I pray more today? Well, I mean, relative to yesterday, yes, but relative to, you know, my norm, no. You know, and we can kind of, it gets, it gets gray, it gets vague. And so a rule of life, the resolutions we make need to be clear so that we can sit down at the end of the day and go, did I pray a Hail Mary each time somebody upset me on the road? Well, there was that guy, and no, I did not pray for him. Clear, you know. Whenever, whenever, you know, whenever I was, you know, when I kind of blew a gasket, you know, at my spouse, did I go back and apologize as soon as I realized? No, kind of dragged my feet, and okay, it's clear. And so these moments where we can where we can ask ourselves in very clear terms, did I do the resolution that was clear, that was concrete? It's a yes or it's a no. It's not a, eh, kind of on a, you know, 8 out of 10, you know, 8.5, you know, 
we want something that's, that's yes or no, that's, that's very clear, that's, that's very obvious for us. Uh, because this is helpful, because we need it. Otherwise, the devil is certainly going to hop in and go, you know, I've got an idea. How about, right? And the, the devil loves to just kind of ease you out of things or say, yeah, you definitely prayed more today. And, you know, you, I think you did good because, you know, you, you did pray that one Hail Mary, you know, and, and it's not really, you know, you know, it's not really the, the it's not really the quantity that you need to board. It's the quality, right? As the devil loves to come in and, and start to uh, to kind of throw a wrench in things, and to be able to uh, to try to give us some reason, uh, or we do it with ourselves to try to re- reason our way out uh, of the resolutions uh, by thinking that we've fulfilled it when we haven't really. So, uh, again, a good concrete, uh, good concrete resolutions are helpful there for us to see. And at the end of that, uh, it can be helpful to be able to, uh, to have a, a sort of mantra, so to speak. Uh, and so I include that in, in the, the template for the, for the rule as, as my word. This is my word. And so that can, be, that can be a scripture. It could be a saint that I'm going to invoke, you know, St. Agnes, pray for me. Uh, it could be an encouraging quote. It could be a little arrow prayer of like Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, save souls. Like those little, those little prayers, the arrow, you just shoot it up into the heavens. And it's, you know, it's not lengthy, lengthy things that we have to sit down and memorize. Uh, it's not something where you have to, to crank out a whole Hail Mary. You could just go, Jesus, help me. Right? Like having a simple phrase like that, um, those are powerful things because they can be used at a moment's notice without lengthy, lengthy thought, without having to try to change our thought in the midst of a conversation. We can just kind of bring it up in our mind and, and, and shoot it into the heavens and know that it's pleasing to the Lord and that it's pouring out His grace. So these kinds of things, to anticipate a particular aspect of the life of our Lord, the life of Our Lady, these kinds of things, and to have that as, as a, a thought that we can pull on. So, so if we're trying to work on uh, if we're trying to work on pride, uh, and you know, we look at these things, and you know, a, a helpful one uh, with regards to these three manifest- manifestations might be to, to simply memorize the verse from the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for mercy shall be theirs. Right? And whenever, whenever we don't want to show mercy, whenever we don't want to ask for mercy, blessed are the merciful, mercy shall be theirs. And so just to, to kind of think these things. So that one's for pride. We have another option for vanity, one for sensuality. I did that uh, for each just to be able to give kind of a concrete example of here's what a rule might look like for someone in this particular thing. Uh, I don't have uh, I don't have special intuition on everyone's primary manifestations. Uh, that's for your own examination of conscience. Uh, and so use it as a, as a help, as a guide, kind of thinking about what are concrete ways perhaps uh, but, but really, again, uh, asking the Lord for his, for his help in all of this. And so this is, this is the way in which uh, one would do it, is, is one would, would go through, uh, consider, you know, consider first and foremost, this is my root sin. Here are the primary manifestations. Here are the ones that I want to work on. Here are the virtues that I need to, to, uh, to grow in, to do so. Here are the concrete resolutions that I am making to do so as to fight against this pride, to fight against this vanity, to fight against this sensuality. And then, you know, here's a, here's a word that I'm going to hold on to, that I'm going to repeat throughout the day to help me do that, to help me remember to do these things, to help me to, to encourage me in living these virtues. And then once all of that uh, kind of has come together, I'll give you a little sheet that you can put it on, right? Uh, 
So we have a little, a little template, my rule of life. Uh, and so that's, uh, uh, again, just a, a little option for you if you would like to, to do that in, in this format or in whatever format you like. But it's important to write it down, to, to actually have it concretized, uh, because, uh, again, just in the same manner of it, if it's kind of gray and vague, there's no clarity on it, uh, if we kind of commit to something, but we don't actually commit to the thing, we just kind of put it in our mind, it's very easy to say, like, you know, we started with six commitments of resolutions, and somehow now, after three weeks, I only have five, and I can't remember what the sixth one was. That's not real helpful, is it? <laughs> Right? And so it's you know, good to, to, to write the things down to be able to have clarity on it, because then we can also do a regular examination of our conscience. And so here's the last piece that is helpful uh, in, that, in that regard, is to do a daily examine uh, with one's rule of life. So it's daily to sit down with this handy, my rule of life, and to say, okay, I'm working to root out this, fight, this vice, trying to get rid of this, uh, this particular sin, here are the manifestations, and to be able to, to ask the Lord to help me to see, have, have any of these manifestations happened to me today? I didn't get on the road today, I stayed at home, so, you know, no road rage. Good, you know, clear, don't have to worry about that. But, you know, if we look at each of the things and to go, okay, where did these occasions happen? Yes, to be able to understand where they are. Did I make the resolution? Did I do the resolution that I had made? Did I respond in the way that I said I was? Yes, no, yes, three times, but not the fourth, two times, but not the third, right? And so we can think about it to go through these things, uh, to be mindful of it, and then uh, to repent. It doesn't have to be a, a, a long and tedious process. It can be a simple thing. Uh, I know many times people will have, uh, people will have a, a snapshot of the rule of life on their phone and their, and their notes on their phone or have a little copy in a wallet, a copy in your purse, copy wherever, copy in your prayer book if you want to do it at a certain time of day, always at, at your nighttime or at lunchtime or whatever the case. Pick a time that's convenient and that you can stick with regularly. And then to, to pull out your list, look it over, uh, acknowledge the points, repent for any, for any manifestations, uh, repent for any sin uh, in, that, in that regard. Uh, ask for the grace to continue to grow. And then entrust yourself to the Lord. You can make an act of contrition, pray the Our Father, pray a Hail Mary, whatever the case may be. Uh, but simply to do this daily, to do it regularly, is to continually have um, a guide that you're looking for where you can quantify and, and you can say, okay, I, I am getting better at this. I have not seen this, this particular vice show up in a week. And so theoretically, if we're going, uh, if we're doing it right, the vices should start to disappear, or at least become less frequent, less severe. And so there may come a point at which if you're, if you're going and you're doing your regular exam and if you're keeping your resolutions and, and the grace is coming in regularly, if you're living a sacramental life, if you're going to confession, if you're receiving sacramental grace and mercy, if you're doing all these things, the vices should start to fade. And so at some point, you, you look at your, at your meta, primary manifestations and go, you know, three of these four I've made significant progress on, and they're not the, they're not the most serious things anymore. They're not the ones that I'm having to bring to confession most regularly now. And then we can kind of go back and revisit the process. Revisit, uh, you know, kind of rediscern what are, what are now my primary, primary manifestations of my root sin? 
which one's the most serious for me now? Uh, and to be able to do that. So the timing of that differs upon your own, uh, your own spiritual growth and, and, and the, the, strength, um, the strength of the grace of God at work to, to get these things out of the way. Um, and so, but it is uh, certainly helpful to be able to go back uh, from time to time and revisit one's rule of life and kind of adjust uh, as needed for how it is that we are continuing to fight against the root sin, because again, it's never going to go away. We're never going to be able to root it out entirely where we have zero manifestations of it again. That would be fantastic. It's not reality. It's not earth. And so it's the, the fact is that we will have to continually kind of adjust and readjust and readjust through the course of time. But as we go, there will be a, a sense in which the sins will become less numerous, less severe, less frequent, uh, and that virtue will continue to increase, that virtue will be, I mean, virtue is habitually choosing to do the good, right? Uh, and so where we will be habituated, we'll, we will respond, and, not, and, and like Han, we won't have to have a list that says, I need to pray for this person every time I'm upset, upset in traffic. I'll simply do it because I'm, I'm so regularly inclined to do it. It's just part of who I am now. I don't have to go and, and apologize, you know, I don't have to make a point to go and apologize, uh, you know, and hold myself to some resolution. I'm naturally inclined to that now because I've been doing it so regularly by God's grace, by God's help, that it's become a virtue. It's become a strength. This is part of what I do now, right? And so it's these things that we would seek to, to have instilled within us. Uh, and so uh, this is the, the reality of root sin and how it is that we, uh, again, that we combat it. Uh, and it's a lifelong process, uh, but it is a process well worth uh, taking time to, to enter into, well worth considering the, the, the spiritual graces and, and virtues that are necessary, um, because in the end, it helps us to properly orient our hearts. Again, because the, the, the fact is that, that, that our root sins are the places where we try to replace God with something else, with ourself, with another person, or with pleasures of the world. And to the extent that we're able to get rid of those things is the greater extent that we are able to attach ourselves to the Lord, to find peace in Him, because we're not trying to find it elsewhere, that we will have peace of soul, that we will have joy, that we will have fulfillment, that we will have the meaning in our life that we long for, because the vice is being rooted out little by little, or sometimes in great chunks. And so this is the, the gift of knowing our root sin knowing what to do about it and how to fight against it. Uh, so I'd certainly encourage you to, uh, to spend some time doing exactly that. Uh, so, all of that said, do you have any questions? Any further questions? Yeah, so uh, the question is, you know, if we have, if we have as, this, uh, as this example, someone uh, that we're irritated when our work is interrupted, um, you know, should we, should we always just bear it? Or should we sometimes put up a sign on the door that says, I'm working, please don't disturb? And the answer is both. Uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, there are certainly times where 
uh, where we need to, uh, to to work on a particular thing. We have we have an intentionality. We have a deadline. We have uh, we have some particular need, right? So uh, prayer, you know, prayer is an important piece, and uh, and so it's best to be able to have uh, these times where we can have dedicated uh, dedicated focus on this. Uh, and so it's not uh, it's not unreasonable uh, to be able to put up a sign that says, "Hey, I'm you know praying right now," right? Um, you know, so if, if it's an emergency, let me know, but otherwise I'll be back, right? Uh, and so having a sign on the door, having the door closed, having those kinds of things, um, that's not, um, it's not a bad, not a morally bad thing. It may be helpful, it may be helpful in kind of setting some of those boundaries uh, of, of what's, what's realistic and not. Uh, and so, but, but yeah, but it is whenever, uh, that whenever the interruption happens, whether it's the signs on the door and they just barge in anyway, uh, or whether they knock on the door and say, I'm not sure if it's an emergency or not, well, you're interrupting me anyway, so what you got, you know? Um, and so it, it, it may be a, a situation of that, of, you know, that we can have boundaries, we can have, you know, other ways to kind of adjust and, and to try to, to give us the best shot at being virtuous, uh, but in the end, whenever, whenever these instances happen, it can be a point of, uh, again, just kind of making sure that we have a resolution to remedy that as well. Uh, so not just a, a, a do not enter sign, but, but also a, uh, a resolution on our part that even whenever they do enter or whenever there's some noise outside or, you know, whatever the case may be, that we're still going to respond kind of in this particular way um, with that regard. So. Ms. Beverly? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to get into individual spiritual direction here in a communal setting, but, but yeah, I mean, it is a sense in which uh, that whenever, whenever individuals come at us, that, that, that it is appropriate for us to have kind of standard responses that we ourselves do, um, that we don't have to be emotionally engaged with everything that happens, because um, they don't have that permission necessarily, <laughs> unless we give it to them, so. And so it, it's a, a sense in being able to, yeah, so we're simultaneously, we've kind of we've got a spiritual bifocals on, so to speak, uh, that, we're, that we're focused on the root sin, but we're also, we're not kind of just neglecting all the rest. So whenever we do an examination of conscience, we may, we may come and, and, and be intentionally working on the root sin, but also uh, aware of the other things. 
and yeah, there may come a point that, that we realize that, that by God's grace, the, the work on the root sin is, is sufficient, that it's no longer the most serious piece. It's no longer the, the, the most numerous, most manifestations, etc. cetera. Uh, and so being mindful of that still, we want to still encourage those virtues. We still want to, uh, to be asking for that grace, lest it kind of start to, to kind of root up again. But that's an opportunity where, well, yeah, just our regular examination of conscience could be a point of saying, well, I'm seeing these things now. Like you're saying, that there's this other aspect. And so our, our rule of life could then start to, to focus on those, um, but at the same time, you know, kind of maintaining, making sure that weeds don't start popping up where the root sin is, but you can, you can kind of, in a sense, change, uh, change course. And if you wanted to work on other particular sins or manifestations in some other way, you could use the same process here, uh, use the same kind of rule of life approach and put here are the manifestations, here are the general sins that I'm trying to get rid of, here are the resolutions, etc. And so a similar thing could be done, um, and it should be done. Uh, and really, but uh, part of it is, is the fact that to the extent that, that our root sin is, is uprooted, then uh, virtue will increase in that, in that way, which is the most serious for us, but it's also it has the same effect on, on the other sins. So if we're, if we're intentionally growing in this particular way, other things will also kind of be saturated by that grace. Uh, and so there will be some, some growth and, and virtue kind of just in a, a, a secondary manner. Um, but yeah, there will be a point at which yeah, we realize that's not really an issue anymore, but this one is now. Yeah, you just kind of change course and do the same thing. Yes, No, I think there's certainly benefit in that. Because, again, the, it's, um, with each of these, the, the attachments, um, it's just a disordered attachment. And so part of it, part of it is, is being able to work, on the, to work on the manifestations to some degree kind of naturally corrects the attachment aspect and, and to help you to highlight the good of those, of those particular particular things, to highlight the, the good that's present there, in a, but in such a way that it's not, um, it's not my, my meaning and fulfillment in all things. And so, yeah, I think there's a, a sense in which simply, simply going through this may help, yeah, help understand how we've distorted some of those things, how our, order, how, how our, our desire is disordered or overly attached to those particular things. And, and yeah, maybe a, a thing I know there, 
that, um, that we could certainly use that, use that information to be able to, um, you know, to work on, you know, what's the, what's the good that I need to, to focus on here? How do, I, how do I properly orient myself? How do I properly attach um, in an ordered manner, a properly ordered manner to my own self-esteem? Because, you know, it's, Pride doesn't mean that I that I start to to believe that I'm just the worst human being ever, and I and my my accolades are useless and all that kind of thing. That's that's often manifestation of pride, kind of in a, a veiled, twisted way. Um, but uh, but pride specifically, you know, the the contrary of virtue being humility. Humility is embracing the truth of the situation, and so it kind of balances things out. So very often when they're when we're disordered kind of overly, overly stacked on one side. And so it's working on those contrary virtues, which, which would be helpful of, okay, well, yeah, you know, I do have these, I do have these gifts, I, ha- I do have these qualities, but, but also the gifts come from the Lord and, and I failed in these ways. And so like acknowledging, and it kind of will, will even itself out um, in that. And so I think that helps put things in, in their proper perspective as regards self. So, that's helpful. All right. Well, thank you all very much. If you have particular individual questions, I'm happy to, to meet afterwards. Uh, but otherwise, we'll close up. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all very much.